Looking to create wealth and income through high cash flowing real estate? Self-storage is the fastest growing and the newest real estate asset that has outperformed all others. What's its secret? I'm AJ Osborne, and with over a million square feet that we have built, acquired, expanded, and even converted big box stores from small third tier markets to large hundred plus thousand square foot facilities, we have seen it all. This is the podcast that we're going to discuss and bring on the best investors and operators in the nation to show you how to create wealth and income with self-storage. Welcome to Self-Storage Income. Welcome, everybody, to Self-Storage Income. I am so excited today to have Corey on from Radius with us. We are going to talk about data. We're going to talk about trends we're seeing in the market, valuations. There's just so much good stuff you're going to pull out of this. So why don't we jump right over here to Corey. If you could, man, give us a little bit of background and the where you guys play in your space, and uh, we can kind of take it from there. But how did you get involved in self-storage to yeah, begin with? That's a good question. I ask myself that every day. How did we get involved in self-storage? <laughs> so um, about four years ago, I was on the buy side. So I was picking stocks, uh, long, short fund. Uh, one of my partners, James, is doing that as well. The other uh, co-founder, Adam, is a technology master uh, of sorts. But the original thesis behind Union Realtime, we, we have this Union Real-Time name, and then Radius is what everyone basically knows, Radius Plus. But Union Real-Time got started by solving a problem for the buy side. So the guys that are picking stocks, long, short guys, uh, mutual fund guys, we, were we, we had this concept of aggregating data into an analytics platform that allowed them to make decisions in much shorter uh, time frame. Uh, coupled that with fundamental research. And so the first industry that we came across was self-storage. And I didn't know anything about self-storage uh, four years ago. But what we started to learn very quickly was that there was this enormous development cycle that was that was under that was uh, underway and no one was really talking about it. Right? Like you had this massive gap of people were developing to a 10 cap and people were able to sell it to us at a six, right? So there was this huge incentive for developers to just build as many facilities as they can. And the advent of third-party management and everything else made it so much easier for somebody who knew nothing about self-storage to come in and build a self-storage facility. So when we took a look at like the valuations and the discussions around what was happening with public stocks, so public storage, life storage, keep smart, extra space, the commentary didn't focus about, hey, you've got this huge wall of supply coming uh, and it's something you should think about in terms of earnings weren't factoring it in. And so what we did is we coupled the analytics side of it of tracking rates every day. We started scraping rates every day at every single self-storage facility that the Reeds had. And then you coupled that with the research of saying like, listen, we're doing a lot of on the ground fundamental stuff, talking to a lot of developers, figuring out where all the facilities are, tracking all the development data, uh, and we coupled that and, and came to the conclusion that these stocks are that they're at the peak of their cycle. And we sold that research, sold that platform to a lot of uh, large hedge funds, mutual funds. And during the process of doing that, we realized that, hey, no one knew where every self storage facility was. No one was really aggregating all this information into a cohesive analytics product that allowed you to quickly uh, analyze a site or an area and we pivoted uh, in sorts and in that, in that, in that we realized that there was a business to be created around 
solving that problem. That's where the idea of Radius got to start. We, you know, back in when we were still just advising mutual funds and hedge funds, uh, I'd met with the Dean Jaren again, and he saw what we were doing. And he put us in touch with his team at Jaren Capital. Uh, and we just started learning about the underwriting process. And they were sending us, you know, uh, what, how they did it, all the spreadsheets. They go to Google and all this other stuff. And then we realized, hey, let's map where every single facility is and figure out how many square feet it is. Let's track all the rates. Let's track all the development data. Let's integrate demographics. Let's integrate zoning maps. Let's integrate everything we can so that people can then use this platform and save uh, a lot of time. So, you know, it didn't all, the radius 3.0, 4.0 that's out there today is, is an iteration of many different things, but that's how we came to be. Um, and it was, you know, it was a struggle along the way because every time you created or solve one problem, people were asking for another solution, right? Yes. Great, we found out where every facility is. They're like, so track every development now. I'm like, all right, well, it's gonna take a little time. So we had to go back and keep reiterating the product, but um, we, we're, we're still kicking today. And and, uh, and where so are biggest, you at right now? Uh, like where, where are you in terms of size of your data, users? I mean, how, how big is Radius Plus? So size of the data, I'll start with the data, right? So we cover the entire country. Uh, so every single facility in all 930 some odd uh, census CBSAs. So essentially in any area where you, there's enough population for the census to really classify it as a region. We've mapped every single one. Uh, tracking, we're on a, in a, in a uh, process right now of, of getting our, trying to get our pricing data to where we're tracking almost every single rate that's put on the internet every single night. Uh, demographics and all those single areas. So we're basically covering the entire country. In terms of user base, we've got a lot of enterprise users and then we got a lot of guys on the ground that are just using it uh, on a pay per use basis, which is kind of the, the weird thing about our platform versus anything else that's out there. But we're in the several, 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 several hundreds of users that are actively using it on a recurring basis. So we're, we're thankful that that people have adopted it. You know, we, we got past a, a big hurdle last summer, you know, getting past uh, break even on, on the business. So we're, we're an ongoing concern from my standpoint. It was, it was a long road to, to do that. But uh, yeah, I mean, we've had just incredible support from the self-storage community from our first meeting. At, it was it was fun in the be really in the beginning when we started showing people the platform for the first time and the reactions that you got of people like, oh my God, you know, like, I can't believe this exists. Um, no credit to me. It's, it's, it's really credit to our tech team and, and the uh, the abilities that they have. I mean, we were, we were, I was just the monkey that was doing a lot of the data validation. So I was, I was the, uh, uh the dumb labor per se. Um, but no, it, 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 uh, it fills a need. People are really, uh, supportive of the platform. We've got a lot of, of great users that give us a lot of support. You know, word of mouth is a big, big thing for us. Um, we do our best to try and create valuable content to help spur the conversation around self storage, but, uh, yeah, our user base is the best, so um, we're we're uh, we're not slowing down either. Uh, got a lot of stuff that we got in the works too, but uh, that's kind of the space we work in. We, you know, when we got into the ecosystem three four years ago, there were four players. It was STR, Reese, Yardy, and us. STR is exited, um, and we we basically only run up against Yardy. The biggest reason being is that today they have contact information which. 
uh, will have later this year. So meaning like I need to know the owner of this facility, but we haven't uh, integrated that yet. There's, you know, you can go to reonomy.com and, 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 and supplement that, but people like to have everything wrapped up in one platform. So really the only reason we're losing is to Yardi because people just want the contact information integrated. So uh, we don't really see Reese that much. They've been around for the longest, but we don't really see them in terms of being a uh, active competitor on most of the accounts that we're that we've been going after. Are you guys specifically self storage? Because I know Yardi's this huge thing that does lots, but are you guys specific to self storage? Yeah, that's that's all we think about from sun up to sundown is self storage uh, as. Uh, as hard as that is to believe when I say it out loud uh, <laughs> to, to people I know or people I meet, they're like, what industry, what, you know, what do you do? I'm like, I'm in the self storage industry. Uh, but it's, it's, it's an amazing business. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that I am a part of it and, and that we have, we have built this, but yeah, we are solely self self storage, you know, four years in one of the things that we've learned is just the, to, to be maniacally focused uh, and execute uh, as as tight as you can on on one specific area and, and do it really well, and that seems to have worked for us. So, so I'm, I am very grateful that you know Reese and Yardi are doing other things because uh, that creates a, an advantage for us to really be that much more focused. Absolutely. Now, so you've been now in the space for four years, which a lot has changed in the last four years in self storage. And I'd love to get your perspective on our industry because you guys have so much data and you've seen so much happen as you are in markets across the United States. And I'd love for you to provide us with some insight of what you've seen happen in the last four years, where you think we're going. And more importantly, you know, for you guys who are looking at the nation as a whole, looking at all these markets, um, we, I think, you know, our listeners would love some insight from you saying, listen, this is what the data is telling us. So where are we going? So everyone talks about national trends. And uh, as anybody who's in self-storage knows, you know, the three to five mile radius around me. So, you know, early in the development cycle, you saw areas like Texas, um, Florida, Denver, Portland and, and Nashville kind of mid-cycle, but but those areas have all just gotten smashed and they're in the midst of getting smashed. What I mean by that is, is massive amounts of supply. So upwards of, you know, if you, you think about supply in a three-year time frame because it takes facilities roughly three years to uh, stabilize, to, to fill up. And so uh, looking at the last three years of supply is, is how you think about that because of that dynamic. And so some of these areas had 30% new supply in an area, which is an enormous amount of uh, self-storage to go into any area to be absorbed. Um, so a lot of those, you know, first cycle industries, uh, uh, regions rather, Denver, Dallas, I mean, they've, they've, been, they've been hit pretty hard. And now you're starting to see the, the activity moving to a lot of the Northeast corridor. And so I think, you know, you're going to start seeing a lot more of that in, in, in the Philly, Pittsburgh, Jersey, uh, Boston's Boston's been active for a little while, but but a lot of the activity is really trying to find new areas to build, um, and rate is really the limiting factor, right? So um, a lot of people talk square feet per capita, but I'm not as much proponent of, of thinking about that, which which we can talk about generally speaking. But 
you know, areas where they have been hit, it's just going to be a matter of time to watch rates recover because it is a, it is a need-based product. So you can't cut rate to, to stimulate demand, right? There's a number of people that need self-storage at a given time, which is why, you know, being aggressive on rates just hurts everybody because ultimately there's a certain number of people that really need storage because it's a needs-based product. So, you know, when you cut rate by 40% in an area, it just takes time for that rate to build back up. So a lot of these areas that have been demolished, it's just going to be time. That's yeah. that's the factor that people need in order for it to be a uh, uh, an investable area again. Look, let me ask you this, because I think this is such a good question. And a lot of people are confused by this because I agree with what you kind of say on square foot per capita. But it seems like in self-storage, we are way more prone to be overbuilt than in other markets. Um, and... I, I feel like when that by discussing with people in the self-storage industry. So let me let me use an example. If I go into a market, let's say, so we have markets like you mentioned, Texas, Nashville, you know, you got in my home market where I just live. We have assets across four different states. But Boise, Idaho, you know, you got square foot, you know, in above 20 feet per capita. Rates are falling. Vacancies are rising. Yet you still got people that are developing and... Uh, when you talk to them, they're, you know, and you ask them about market study, feasibility studies, they don't seem to really be doing those kind of things. And they're like, well, listen, in 10 years, this is going to be great. But in the same market, if you go to an apartment developer, they will tell you all their numbers and they'll say exactly who they're keying in on and how much square feet capita there is and, and you know, what's coming in, how they're going to fill up. Why is that in self-storage? I me, and am I wrong in my assumption here? But I feel that that tends to be more, you just see this mass overbuild real quickly. We have seen through the process of building our business, a very, uh, two general uh, types of people that are coming to us for help. The enterprise type customer. So like your top 20, top 30 operator that obviously for the most part is, is pretty well versed in understanding the do's and don'ts and where they should be building, what analysis they should, they need to be doing. Storage as a product, as a commercial real estate asset class, has, uh, you basically just need cash to get into it, right? You can hire somebody to design it, hire somebody to build it, hire somebody to manage it, and the only thing you really need to bring to the table is an entitled piece of land that you could actually hire somebody to to entitle for you. Uh, and then obviously there's, there's the loan and, 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 and of that part of it. But inevitably, and this, this was similar to like the stock picking world, is that people are, they, they don't want to think about downside scenarios. It's just not wired in our nature. So you have a lot of people that are getting into this industry because there's a lot of ability to do so without any prior experience. And they uh, are best case scenario type people. Uh, unfortunately, the Price movements and storage, once you get to an oversupplied situation, can be very dramatic. So if they were assuming they were going to get, you know, a 10 by 10 average price of $120, and all of a sudden, two years, three years later, after they did their original pencil analysis, it's at 80 bucks. You know, the, the, the idea that they are just going to be able to weather the storm unless they're got unlimited bags of cash because it's going to take a lot longer for that facility to lease up, which means your debt payments aren't going to be covered by that facility for a lot longer, which means you're in trouble if you don't have 
a lot of cash in the bank. So and inevitably those projects, you know, go south. I don't know why. I think it's it's definitely more a uh, a uh, all, all the other asset classes are generally much more mature. I mean, self storage. I've only been in for four years, but piecing together the story from other people, this is a kind of a bastardized asset class for a long time. It I is. Mean, people saw it as dirty, ugly, gross. You know, they have these worn down sites with. Uh, you know, garages it's that 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 this didn't look well over time. And like when I first got into self-storage, we didn't I didn't want to tell people I was in self-storage. Then after 2008 and after everything, right, you mentioned you're in self-storage and it's now the talk, which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so that so, so that's it. It's like it's still in its infancy in terms of being an asset class. We're obviously going through a development cycle right now, but the asset class itself is is really only starting to mature. I mean, until the last couple of years, data wasn't really widely available uh, in an accurate sense. Uh, I mean, without data, I mean, institutional asset managers are not going to be able to make decisions and allocate capital. So data in and of itself, what we're hearing is all of a sudden institutions are much more comfortable applying uh, capital to the industry. So um, I guess where I'm going with this is, is, is that it's really, it's an early it's in, still it's in its early stages. I mean, you could say it's in mid-cycle, I guess, but uh, as an industry, it's just been so far behind everybody else. So you still get a lot of those people that they're able to come in and, and, and make some bad decisions. And we had, uh, you know, Terry Campbell was in the office last week and he talks to a lot of them. And these guys are just, you know, they're trying to do sites to get deals done. But when you do the analysis, if you do the analysis, some there's somebody that's educated on how self-storage works you know they tell you not to do it but there's still a lot of people that just whatever reason they, they feel like the details don't matter and they'll be successful anyways and that's a dangerous way to operate that you you hope to i guess if, if you're owning self-storage to, to protect yourself from people like that you just want to be in an area where everyone says it's it's difficult to entitle but you really want to be in an area where it's very difficult to entitle to to try and protect yourself from people that are just going to come in and, and uh, buy some land and, and make some just stupid decisions so what data points when you have you have access to all this data what data points are of most interest to you to first of all give you a green light that this is a good market and a red light that says hold on we need to avoid this market green lights pretty well there, there's two things right rental rates it's where I it's where I basically only look uh, because that's what people are going to be paying. That's what your revenue is based on is what are the rates that you're going to be able, the prevailing market rates, rental rates. That's a very easy answer in terms of like what matters to green light an area. But ultimately, you know, whether it's our platform or going to the sitting and zoning departments just to double check, uh, the red lights I'm trying to make sure that they, that they don't exist is how many other people are in the area trying to do the same thing that I may be doing from a development standpoint. So between rental rates, which drive your model, uh, and development activity, that's kind of the first place. The other place is taxes and being honest and having a good uh, guy that can help you come in and understand if you are building a new facility, your tax basis is going to change a lot. And you really have to have a strong understanding of what that tax basis is going to go to, what rates are going to be charged on that basis and essentially how much money you're going to be paying to the government every single year, because that basis can change wildly when you buy a piece of land for 2 million bucks and then you put $10 million of value into it. You know, the hard costs, the city can track a lot of those hard costs. So real estate taxes would probably be, you know, down the pike, but 
you start with rental rates, development activity. That's the first where, area where you're going to find your green lights uh, and you're going to see your red lights if you see them. And then from there, I'd, I'd say rental rates are probably the biggest one. Not talk, rental rates. Uh, yeah, talking about taxes. national trends and what you're seeing, you know, and you correct me if I'm wrong seeing stuff, but what we've seen is really you, you, we talk about this hyper-localized nature of uh, self-storage. And, and I believe right now the self-storage, storage market is really fragmented into kind of a tale of two cities where there's lots of markets in the United States that are good markets. I don't think we're getting the boom that we've gotten over the last seven years that have driven rental rate increases. I don't think that's going to happen in most markets in the United States, but there's other markets that are suppressed. What regions are you saying, are you looking at that you think have the economic tailwinds as well as the supply side to continually drive uh, new opportunities? It's a difficult question. And I'm going to have to charge you a lot more if I answer it correctly. <laughs> but, you know, I think that's a very difficult question to answer because ultimately, yeah. what are the factors that really matter? We, we've collected a lot of the data, but to understand what really matters, I don't know that we've gotten to the point at which we can really identify what are the factors that matter when you're building self-storage? We've built a platform around the factors that matter to everybody else. So incomes, square feet per capita, rates. But until we get our hands on customer data to be able to correlate, what are the factors that really can tell you uh, that this is the right site? Is it incomes? Is it percentage of renters? What is the true trade area for a given location. You know, I was cheap when I moved to Stanford out of New York City and I drove 10 miles uh, to go rent at a cheaper Cubesmart. Now, most people aren't going to be cheap like me, but I don't know what that distribution looks like. So generally speaking, it's a very difficult question to answer. I don't think we have the full understanding of a lot of the, of a lot of the answers that we need to, 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 to answer correctly. But going back to what I was talking about earlier, entitlements, areas like California, uh, you know, a lot of infill areas that are already built up to find opportunities in, in, in site in, in areas like that, where it's, it's, you see rate and then you find an opportunity to redevelop either, uh, an empty parcel, more likely it be an existing building. You know, that's where I think a lot of people are going to be finding value over the next couple of years. So I don't know if I really answered no, where no, to no, go, that makes but sense. that's how um, I, that's how, that's how I think about it. Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. You know, that's more valuable, anyways. Looking at the the pressures that uh, create the situation for the location. With you guys looking at this data, and you, you touched on it here really briefly, and I, I want to touch back on it. What are the data inputs that you guys are looking to try to include into your platform? So I guess here, let's walk back one before you get to that. Talk to us a little more about your platform as it exists today. The level of data that's kind of included in it. And then what, what I'd like to understand from there is these data points that you think are important moving forward that you're looking to implement into Radius Plus for us end users, right? So the core product, but then what do you think and what are you hearing from self-storage investors, developers, operators that they want to see and that you're seeing as important? Yeah. 
well, they're always going to want more than what we got. That's what I've learned. Uh, so it's never ending, never ending process, but the platform today, right? So you plop down a pin anywhere in the country, you've got quick understanding of where all the facilities are around you, how many net rentable square feet exist. Uh, has anybody recently opened, you know, what are all the demographics look like in the trade area? You can draw your trade area. You can do a drive time based trade area. You can do a, any number of radius based trade, trade areas. Um, and then being able to take a look at, all right, I've determined my trade area, it's three miles it's at this location, uh, all the facilities around, uh, around us. So we're tracking over the next couple of months, almost all of the rental rates that are put online. Uh, right now we're at about 80 percent it's it's once you get past a lot of these smaller websites and so it's a it's a bigger technological uh feat to create something that that allows you to aggregate all those small guys and that's what we're working on right now um so uh that's where the platform is today I have uh small occupancy heading so occupancy data right so how physically occupied is a facility that, that a lot of other industries share uh, because it helps you make a more informed decision uh, about a lot of different things. But that's a network that we've created in Radius. So we've, we've got uh, a thousand facilities. And the way it works is if you share your occupancy with the other people that are sharing their occupancy, then everyone who's sharing can see each other's occupancy. Outside of that network, it's not viewable. The proper incentive that if you want to see occupancy, then you have to share it into the system. That's, that's one of the areas where I see big growth for us. We're at about a thousand facilities. Uh, we have one REIT that's participating. Uh, and I think over time that will snowball into, uh, that will snowball into a, into a bigger data set. Um, zoning is a big thing. So for us, I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of time recently looking at uh, sites and understanding how zoning codes work, but being able to take all of that and decipher it to where people know, okay, I can overlay a zoning layer, which we have some of today, but being able to really scale that across the country and being able to help people take the friction out of, you know, what zoning is allowed and isn't allowed. Things of that nature are things that we're thinking about uh, developing as we kind of think about uh, the next next generation. Um, there is, you know, another platform that we have developed. So if you think about how self go to a location and you figure out the stats. Well, what we've done is we've created a platform that has reverse engineered that. So we've essentially underwritten every grid down over the entire country with each line being a tenth of a mile apart. And we pre-calculate essentially every stat that you'd ever want to know, uh, demographics, uh, pricing, et cetera, et cetera, and allowed you to reverse engineer where the sites are that exist, uh, that have the information, that have the, the details that you're looking for, right? So I want population of at least 70,000 people. I want my 10 by 10s to be 150 bucks. I want my renters to be at least 40% of the demographic. So that's one platform we've created that's separate from Radius in that, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a bit of a treasure map. So we're still trying to figure out how we go about um, commercializing it. So that, that, that's, that's, that's exciting because I don't think that that type of technology really exists from what we've, from what we found in other industries and forget that it's self storage. I don't think there's a lot of other industries that have that. So we're excited about that platform for sure. We've invested pretty heavily in that. So where radius plus is going and, and I use radius plus. So it's, you know, data 
is for all our listeners that knows that is a big deal, obviously, to us as an operator, as well as a um, uh, owner, investor, developer, on and on and on. We cannot fight certain trends, and we don't try to. We want to put our pa- uh, ourselves in the wave, right, of success that will carry the asset forward, and we ride that wave. We have a lot of people that are looking to get into the self-storage industry that are listeners, that maybe they're not in it yet, or maybe they have one facility, or they're expanding. For these newer operators or people looking to get in, where should their focus be to find the best location or to, to set themselves up for success? Where, what data sets should they be looking at that you feel or that you've seen people are really successful by focusing in on? I wouldn't point them necessarily to any given data set. I would advise people that are not in the industry today that are interested in owning a facility or building one is to start consuming the content of what's being put out there, what's being discussed, understand what's going on in the development cycle, start going to these conferences. So uh, Inside Self Storage does a great kind of beginner conference. It'll take you through a lot of the different aspects of building, buying, owning, and and whatnot. From there, I think the answers as to what data you need will naturally come out of those of, of whatever you've been learning in, in those different sessions, in those different uh, conferences, with those different discussions with people who are in the industry, I think you'll, it'll start to make sense. So I would I would advise people to become educated first, and then you're going to understand what data you need to solve the problems that you're trying to find answers for. You know, to the extent that one of the things about Radius that's that's nice that we've tried to reduce the friction for people is that when you, you sign up on our website, radiusplus.com, you get five hours essentially of free usage of, of essentially the entire platform. So you can start by just getting into uh, you know, radiusplus.com and figuring out like, what are all the numbers that people are looking at? Where are all the facilities? Um, but ultimately piecing a lot of the bigger picture together is gonna take a lot more education that's done prior to looking at what the 10 by 10 is uh, down the street from me. No, absolutely. And I think that's great advice. And I would suggest people, if you're getting in the industry, it's a great tool. You have credits that you allow them to use to play. Playing on your platform is an education in itself, I feel. They can jump on there. Let's say whatever market you live in. Well, look at the state of the market. You can see facilities, which then can lead you to ask questions, maybe talk to the operators that are operating those facilities, learn more about the market in which you're in. And Radius gives you a good overview of the market and says, here's where those people are. And here's what's happening. Maybe there's a site that's being developed. You can look at right on your platform and start to make phone calls and inquiries, figure out what's going on, talk to those operators. Why are you looking at developing that site? So I think that's exactly. a great suggestion. Great suggestion. Yeah. 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 So before we jump off here real quick, I thank you so much for your time. And uh, thank you also, too, for what you're doing in the self-storage world. We think it's awesome. I love your product. And uh, we love the information you guys are putting out there to use. Tell our viewers how they can either get a hold of Radius Plus, where to go, and then, to anything that they need to know when accessing or looking for you guys. 
Yeah, yeah, it's pretty simple. Uh, Radiusplus.com. That's R-A-D-I-U-S-P-L-U-S.com. They come to the site. There's a chat window in the bottom right if you want to start talking with us right away. We're basically always on it. Um, you sign up. But otherwise, if, if you're just interested in plugging away at the platform, you go to Radiusplus.com. Top right, you sign in. And then you'll go straight into the platform and you start digging around. Um, on our basic website itself, we, we try and have a lot of educational content on there too. So, um, you know, it's, it's not just about the alien analytics platform. We try and provide a lot of content, aggregating a lot of uh, smart guys like uh, AJ yourself. You got some content on the, on the site recently. You know, we, we try and we, we don't know everything about self storage, but we try and bring together everything for people so that they can uh, educate themselves. So that's what they do at the site in addition to just the, the platform. So they can uh, go to the site there and, and uh, have a world. Awesome. Corey, thank you so much for your time. Um, I'm excited to see your guys' next products, where you guys are going. And I suggest all our listeners head over. Um, it's probably the best concentration of self-storage data that I've seen. And your platform is just so easy to use. It's it's really intuitive. Um, I like your suggestion. Just get on and play around because I did that and it, you just you pick it up really easy. So it's it's great. Thanks, man. That means a lot. I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully people will find some value in it. Awesome. And hopefully we'll have you on again later and see where you guys are headed. Yes, sir. Better. Sounds good. Thanks, man. See ya.